morning. At Amazon, we have husbands and wives that work together, daughters and mothers that work together, and we feel like a family together. You drive a home, right? Don't always. <laughs> my name is Deontay, and I work with my fiance, Tiara. It's just fun to work with my best friend. <laughs> my daughter. <laughs> we rely on everybody else. It's like a big, huge family. I'm very thankful to have that. Love you. Love you. The type of relationships that you create make you come in with a smile on your face. Welcome to Arts on the Move podcast. I am your host, Calypso. Thank you so much for joining us. And tonight's show, we celebrate Pride Month, 51 years. Hip, hip, hooray for that. And to honor our guests here at Valley Culture, we are honoring them for that. And we have awesome lineup. We have Lou Spitzo, Executive Directors of the Gay Men's Chorus of Los Angeles. And we have Richard Ayub, Executive Director of Project Angel Food. And then we have our emerging artist, singer-songwriter, Abby Posner. All right then, so we are getting closer to showtime. And when I mean showtime, I mean concerts in the park. Make sure you head on over to valleycultural.org to see the complete lineup. And I already know who are my favorites. Actually, they're all. Okay, so make sure, sure again, valleycultural.org to see the complete lineup for the summer concerts. They begin Sunday, June 27th with R&B Sounds, Terrell Edwards, Brittany Crush, and Aviva. And also, you definitely don't want to miss Councilman Bob Bloomingsfield, July 4th Extravaganza, hosted by Woodland Hills Porsche, with opening acts, Alunas, and the main act, Ticket to Ride. You definitely don't want to miss that. And again, valleycultural.org for all the information. All right, so really quick recap on what's been going on with me. Actually, no, before I head on to that, Big ol' shout out to all the parents that all their kids graduated today or it was their last day of school. Because today it was my son's last day of school and he was really, really excited. Like he swore he had all these things to do. But I asked him, I said, so what are you planning on doing for the summer? You know, you, any plans? He's like, no, mom, I'm not planning to do anything. And he swears that he can make plans with family, but apparently he wants to head on over to Arizona to go visit his old girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know what I did tell him? I did say, you know what? If you bring good grades, we might head on over there. I'm going to have to keep you updated for that because we don't know what the grades are so far. And I believe it will be posted maybe today or tomorrow. So we'll let you know about that. And also, um, if you guys need a dog walker, he's your guy in the OC area, okay? Because apparently he has nothing to do and we need this guy to start working, apparently, okay? So... I was telling you about that summer body, you know, that I was trying to work on. It's not happening, but I did work out today. Okay. So that's a start, right? I, I did tell you guys next winter, summer body's going to be ready. But my boyfriend, Nigel, did tell me, I accept you the way that you are. He's from London, by the way. And you know, sometimes when we're, I think that's what he told me that he likes me the way I look. I mean, we are, when we are communicating, it's kind of like we don't go in sync, but as long as he's smiling, I think that's okay, right? <laughs> okay, so my bosses are back from work, and at my other job, 
I would normally wear, you know, like leggings or like jogging pants or even sweatpants. Okay, I've never go too far as to wearing pajamas or anything flannel because I know that'd be bad. So now my naps are cut short, you know, because I used to take naps at work. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm getting caught right now. But honestly, really work was so dead and boring because there was nobody there. I literally would probably just sit there and just be like dozing off. Does anybody do that? I'm so guilty about that. But I have to dress up. I have to wear jeans. I have to wear lip gloss and I have to wear my earrings. And oh man, but you know what? I love dressing up here. You know why? Because sometimes it freaks my bosses out because I'm throwing them off. But today I went really, really neutral. As you can see, I look really normal. Last week, you know, we were trying to wear something else and you know, it didn't happen. I asked for your guys' help what looked good and what looked bad and you guys didn't even help me out. So I guess my bosses win, right? <sighs> Anyways, we'll be right back with Lou Spitzo after a word from our sponsors. Rockseller Magazine. Hi, I'm Lisa Loeb and I have a brand new album out. I just want to let you know I have a new record out called Run To Me. Hi, Hi. we're Pablo Cruz. We got a new single. I've got new music. I got a new hip. No, 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 not, not that kind of hip. Contests, giveaways, prizes. Daily free newsletter. Never miss out. Rock music news delivered. Rockcellarmagazine.com slash subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Valley Cultural Foundation's Arts on the Move event. I'm Congressman Brad Sherman from America's best named city, Sherman Oaks. If you or someone you know is having trouble dealing with any federal agency, perhaps a stimulus payment or difficulty with a PPP loan for small business, call my constituent services office at 818-501-9200. My staff works very hard, they'll solve your problem, and then I, Brad Sherman, take the credit. I think that's a great system. Again, our number is 818-501-9200. I'm Congressman Brad Sherman. And welcome back to the show. I hope you're having a great one so far. Okay, so joining us, our very first guest, we have Lou Spitzo, Executive Director of Gay Men's Choir of Los Angeles. If we can get Lou onto the show, he is joining us. Hi, Lou. Hi there. How are you? Can I'm you good. see me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm excited to talk to you about, and we are celebrating Pride Month. Um, you know, we are honoring all of our guests today. We want to thank you for joining us. And we're, we, we want to know what, how, you know, how's your day going? And also tell us about the Gay Men's Course of Los Angeles. Well, my day is going wonderfully. Um, it's great to be looking toward the future and seeing things start to open up again. Um, you know, the Gay Men's Course of Los Angeles is an organization that is world known. We have been around the globe. Um, we are uh, singing for the world for the last 42 years. We began in 1979 in West Hollywood, even before West Hollywood was a city. Um, the chorus is really a community of people, of men, who sing and tell their story through song. I'd like to say that we change hearts and minds through our music. Uh, we educate, we entertain, we enlighten. And the chorus has been doing this brilliantly for all of these decades through the good times and the tough times through celebrations, through AIDS, through memorials, 
through the fight for marriage equality, standing up for terrible things in our country, such as uh, the Matthew Shepard uh, time of our world. And, you know, ultimately, we do what we can do in the way we do it, and that's through voice. That's through our song. And it's an amazing community of guys who come together every Monday night to rehearse. Uh, we perform at two primary venues, one being the Alex Theater in Glendale, and the other is the Walt Disney Concert Hall. And we have uh, three kinds of seasons, if you will. We have our formal season at the concert halls where people purchase tickets and subscribe and support us in the way all the other major arts uh, organizations in LA present and perform. We have informal concerts throughout the county and the region where we perform for free at hospitals, community centers, shopping centers, we've performed at the Lakers, we've performed, we've performed at television uh, events like the Oscars and the Independent Spirit Awards. Wow. Um, and we perform in the schools, in the middle schools and the high schools, where we have to date uh, performed for over 70,000 young people. So it's a pretty exciting and extensive program and I'm just thrilled to be part of it. It seems like you have a lot of shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> Lou. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. So as the executive director, uh, what do you find to be the most challenging part of your position? Well, I would say certainly in the last year and a half, it's been COVID and dealing with COVID, but I would say the most challenging part of, of any executive director and certainly this position is making sure the organization is financially viable keeping the resources current and, and to the level that we can present and engage as many people as possible. Because when people buy tickets to concerts, uh, which is a wonderful thing, but that doesn't cover all the costs of the organization. So we need to fundraise from, uh, from foundations and corporations and individuals. So it's, it's always as it is with any arts organization from the very big ones like ELA Phil to the very small ones. And I think sometimes it's continually trying to make the case for the relevancy and why we are still important today, 42 years after our birth. So in COVID, of course, it's been, it's been sustaining an organization, keeping us, keeping us going while we were not able to have regular performances and, and obviously generate the kind of income you do at, the, at, at that period. Since you were mentioning right now that, you know, COVID was really challenging. Um, what really motivated the chorus to continue to keep going? Well, I would say this, um, a chorus is very different than any other kind of arts organization. I, I've, I've managed symphony orchestras and I've, I've managed theater companies um, and dance companies. But a chorus is a collective of people who wish to be together. It's people that want to work in community and in harmony. And I don't, I don't mean that as a pun. Um, we want to work together. And there's, you cannot create what we create in a singular fashion. And more than any other kind of arts organization, choral members, choir members, chorus members, really feed off of the energy of each other. Mm -hmm. Rehearsing together is as important as performing together. And performing together is really a culmination and a celebration of what we do. And so in this case, 
what we what keeps us going is the looking forward to being together again. Oh. Now, during this period, the word pivot is used all the time now, right? We had to pivot to online and Zoom and you know virtual and streaming concerts. So we had to ask of our members to do Zoom rehearsals where they would learn music, then go into their own rooms at home and record themselves and put them, you know, you know, make sure they knew the music, work with a click track and an audio track, perform and record, as you know, as a radio person and a TV person, you know how to do that. Mm -hmm. That's not easy for people who don't do that normally. That's and that's not easy, really, even for people who do that professionally. Yeah. So we have, you know, a hundred or more of our of our people at home, and they they did it because they wanted to be contributing to keeping our chorus relevant and active and presenting. So I have to say, I have such respect for the members of our chorus. So we, we stay together in rehearsals and we stay together in Zoom events and parties. But of course, all of that is a facsimile for real life. As much as we love Zoom in that it kept us, I mean, look, if this had happened, God forbid, 30 years ago, what would we have done? Oh, man. Uh, we would have all just gone out of business yeah. um, or at least suspended operations. But because of the ability through technology to stay together, uh, but we are so anxious for the day that we can be, well, actually, I will tell you, um, I'll give you a little scoop. We're going to be part of a, we're doing, uh, I'll tell you more about the concert we're doing uh, this weekend, but we're also part of a concert that ABC TV is doing uh, on, on June 12th. And we came together at the Getty Center a couple of weeks ago to do a recording of music, or I should say a lip sync to music we'd already recorded. And it was the first time the guys, 52 of them had been together in over a year and a wow. half. And it was amazing to come together. It was it was a very emotional thing. And when we go back to rehearsing in September, it's gonna be even more so. That's beautiful. So talking about a chorus member, how does one become a chorus member? Like, how do you decide that or who? Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, we are a, a volunteer chorus. So everyone and anyone is, uh, you know, encouraged to apply and to audition. The next audition we will have is in January. We are not going to have auditions in September because we're just going to be coming back to rehearsal. And we want to do a lot of outreach in the community to bring new people in. But if you go to gmcla.org, there is a section in uh, on our website that um, where where someone can express their interest and sign up for further information. So gmcla.org, all you need to do is uh, send us your information. We'll keep you on the list, and in in probably in December we'll reach out to you, and we'll have auditions in January. You do not need to be gay. Uh, or a man, or you mean there's there's no real requirement. Um, we are gay men, the majority of our men, but we have a, some people who are non-binary. Um, but we 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 love everyone, and we want everybody to be comfortable. Uh, and we love every age and background. And we are trying our you know as we we really are trying to reach out to everyone, especially in these days after COVID, to re rebuild even a larger chorus than we had before. That's awesome. Um, okay, so you brought along a very compelling PSA video. Um, would you like to introduce it? 
Yes, thank you. Well, the PSA is a, uh, this is a video from the uh, Gay Men's Course of Los Angeles, a live music project, or as we call it, AMP. AMP has to date reached over 70,000 middle and high school students in the LA County schools, public schools primarily. We perform for assemblies of these wonderful young people where our goal is twofold. It's to entertain and to enlighten them as to what a chorus is and the beautiful music that we make. And also to have them get to know gay men on a firsthand basis. And, and there is a, a two-part component to this, which we'll, you will see, it's both performing and um, it's a part, there's a part of the program where members of the chorus stand up and basically speak their own coming out story and what it was like for them when they were in high school. And we find through our own research and surveys that we have a profound impact on young people's attitudes towards the LGBTQ community after we've been there. It really opens their minds we're not trying to present. We're not trying to present propaganda or tell anybody how to be or what to do. We actually provide direction to resources for young people if they have questions. We're not, you know, we're not a coming out group. We're not a social service organization. But we basically have them experience the beauty of our music and the beauty of our people, the members of the chorus, on a firsthand basis. So this is from a high school uh, program that we performed two years ago. Okay, let's go ahead and watch it. Oh, out and tell our story, let it echo far and wide. Make them hear you, make them hear you. Hi, I'm Steven, and I work as a motion capture engineer and I've been in the chorus for 10 years. Hi, I'm Tim, I'm a manager, and I've been in the chorus since 2014. I'm Steve, and I've been with the chorus for 25 years, and uh, I am a minister. My name is Misha, I'm a librarian, and I've been with the chorus the entire 40 years. I was a music major in school, and it was pretty classical in nature, and I wanted something a little more diverse and found the chorus. What I found was more than just music. It's the family. We take care of each other. We look after each other. The year I joined the chorus, 2012, um, I had never had many gay friends. I had never met that many gay people. And, walking, and we marched in the parade. Uh, so walking out on Santa Monica Boulevard and seeing all the people full of love and support made me see that I could have a future as a gay person and it could be lovely and full of love and life and light. I grew up in a, a small town in Illinois of about 6,000 people. I was one of those kids who everyone else in school knew I was gay before I did. And I was always terrified. But as, as I grew older, and I did start to come out to people in my school and to the adults uh, in my church. I realized they, they were just reacting uh, with love and acceptance, and it was just no big deal. Now, growing up, 
I never talked about my feelings with my dad, and he never talked to me about anything emotional. But in planning for our visit, we had to talk over the phone. We had several conversations, and we landed on the, con the topic of discrimination. At the time, marriage equality hadn't passed here in the US, so I was explaining to him that gay people could not get married to the person they loved. He was quiet for a second, and then he said, that's crazy. And all of a sudden, he started to relate to me stories about him going to school here in the US during the 60s, and about the times he felt that he was being discriminated against. And he said, thinking about that, he felt that he could finally understand what the gay community is going through right now, fighting for marriage equality. And we embraced that what matters to us is that family is family, and love is love. Hello. My name is Dave, and already with just this sentence, you know I'm gay. <laughs> I love my voice. I use it to sing with these amazing men. I use it to talk to all of you. It's funny how those traits that we perceive as troublesome when we're young, the ones that make us stick out and feel self-conscious, turn out to be the traits that make us shine brightest. sharing that video. Um, I know that you have a, an event coming up. Tell us a little bit about yes. that. Um, the Yes, this is our third concert of our season. It is our Pride concert to kick off Pride Month. Title is Pride Shining Through. If uh, your folks who are uh, listening and watching can go to pride.gmcla.org pride.gmcla.org or just go to the gmcla.org website. You'll find the information on how to uh, sign up or reserve. It's a free concert, one hour streaming this Saturday at 8 p.m. And we will be performing 12 songs, everything ranging from Cyndi Lauper's True Colors to her show-stopping show song from Kinky Boots, Raise You Up to Leonard Cohen's Alleluia, to Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. I mean, it's, it's the, the songs are chosen to represent pride and what it means to be proud at this month and what it means to be who we are. Uh, we have a wonderful host, Melvin Robert, who is with Spectrum News One, and he's also a phenomenal singer, used to be with the chorus. He's soloing and singing the wonderful song, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. So um, I'm, I'm really excited about this, this particular virtual concert, and I hope people will, will tune in or you know, get on board and stream 
And if they cannot watch it on Saturday night, it'll be available for 48 hours after. Oh, that's awesome. So speaking about the songs really quick, I wanted to know, do you or any of the chorus members write the original songs? Well, as a matter of fact, our music director and conductor, Ernest Harrison, is also a composer. And he has written one of the songs that are going to be performed uh, Saturday night uh, so, uh, on, on this concert. And uh, there are men in our chorus. You just saw in that video, uh, the last man speak, who was Dave Volpe. Dave is a composer and an arranger. And he's done quite a lot of work for the chorus. So there's, I mean, we, we have people in the chorus who are professional singers in Hollywood, session singers and singers on film. We have Broadway people who have moved out to LA. Uh, we have a great number of composers and arrangers. So it's, uh, and we have dancers as well, because when we perform, sometimes we have production numbers in which the chorus members dance. So there's a heck of a lot of talent in this chorus. That's awesome. So being a member of the chorus can obviously be very life changing. Uh, is there like a story that you heard from the chorus members, you know, how they feel about the chorus? Well, it's, I'm not going to name names, but I'm going to say there's one story that is particularly profound. About six years ago, when I was on the board of directors at this time, we had a young man who was thrown out of his home. He lived in another state. He was a young guy and he saw the chorus, the Gay Men's Chorus of Los Angeles on our YouTube channel, which is, if anyone has had the opportunity to go to GMCLA at our YouTube channel, you'll see we have hundreds and hundreds of incredible videos. And this, this, this young man had seen us and he knew he needed to get away from his situation. He was thrown out of the house. He drove to Los Angeles, put his clothes in his car and drove here and came to the chorus office and said, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet, but I know I wanna be a member of this chorus. Oh. And he is still with us today. And we have had, I believe, an incredible and profound impact on his life but you know, the chorus members range in age from 21 years old or thereabouts to people who are 80 years old. We've had, we have members of the chorus from the original group, the original 1979 group. We have members of the chorus who have been living with AIDS or HIV for decades. And we have young ones who are coming up in a very different world. And the great thing about who we are is that it's really a fellowship. It's a community of people who help each other. So while I am excited to talk to your, your listeners and your viewers about our performances, which are so wonderful, and the work we do in the schools, the chorus itself, the 200 members of the chorus, are truly a family that depend on each other. And I don't want to sound saccharine or overstated, because I don't think I understood enough of what they meant to each other until I became so closely connected. And, and they have helped each other. We, we, we have a group that's called GMCLA Cares, where we will help our members who have financial difficulty or health issues. We actually go into hospitals and, and perform, groups of our members go into hospitals and perform for uh, people who are unwell. And we do this particularly in the holiday time. Every holiday, we make rounds of the, of the hospitals in the area. So it's a, being of service is a big part of who we are. 
that's so beautiful. This is like literally like behind not just the chorus group, but um, a, like you, they said a family. Um, I, I, I can't help but be so compassionate. Do you ever get so, just let it get so personal with you um, that you just can't help and just, you know what, we're here for you. Uh, you know, we are a family. How how is oh, that? Which, is that hard to separate the two, or how do you? I know because you are the executive well, director. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've worked. You know, I've worked a lot in the arts, and I've worked. Uh, I've worked on Broadway, and I've worked in very professional, very you know, big time settings. And this is this the Gay Men's Course of Los Angeles is really a community based organization. We are a professional five hundred one c three. We've been around a long time. We raised money. We have a professional. Uh, you know, representation and appearance, but at the heart of who we are, we are a community and we are a volunteer uh, organization. So when you cannot help but have a much more, it's a different connection than working with wonderful musicians. I've had the, I had the honor to work with great musicians and great people in theater who are professionals and we pay them and they're great. But these folks who are in GMCLA when we got back to uh, being together the a couple of weeks ago at the Getty Center, when we taped this um, this performance, we were all I mean, we were all in tears. It was just incredibly emotional to be together again. Oh, that's beautiful. That's amazing. All right, Lou. Well, thank you so much. Uh, make sure that you go ahead and tell us again uh, the concert that's coming up really quick. It's Pride Shining Through. You can go to pride.gmcla.org or simply gmcla.org, our website. This Saturday at 8 p.m., it's streaming on YouTube Premium, and it'll be on YouTube for 48 hours after the concert. It's free. We do um, encourage people, if they can afford it, to donate a minimum of $20 to help defray the costs of the of the concert because there's a lot of video and production costs as, as you know but uh, it's a free concert we're accessible to all and during this kind of time of covid we've reached thousands of new people actually we reach people all over the world during these the, during this incredible season where we've done everything virtually so that has been the silver lining i would say in all of this that's awesome well thank you so much lou for joining us You have a wonderful day. All right. So actually we're going to commercials and we'll be back with uh, Project Angel Food and let it let us know what they have going on. Hi, I'm Tim Gaspar with Gaspar Insurance, and we are thrilled to announce that we're the proud sponsor of the Valley Cultural Foundation's new Arts on the Move podcast. The Valley Cultural Foundation does fantastic work here in the San Fernando Valley, bringing arts and music and culture to all of us. Did you know U2's first concert in the United States was right here in Reseda at the Reseda Country Club? And Bruno Mars was actually discovered in Woodland Hills at Pickwick's Pub? Very, very cool. As the leading auto and home insurance agency in the San Fernando Valley, we're thrilled to be a part of all of this. And as part of this podcast, if you call our office and get a quote for auto, home, or earthquake insurance, you'll get a $10 Amazon gift card just for making the call. So please, Call one of our team members today or go to gasparinsurance.com and let us know that you heard about us on the podcast. Now, enjoy the podcast and have a great day. All right. Welcome back to the show. But before we get to Richard, we want to show you a video of Project Angel Food right now. 
It was the presence of death and the proximity of death that impelled us into greater life. Project Angel Food founder Marianne Williamson realized that many people diagnosed with or dying from AIDS were too weak to leave their homes to shop for food or cook for themselves. So Marianne knew what had to happen next. We had to take the meals to them. For Project Angel Food to take flight, it took commitment, courage, and compassion. At first, small groups would gather in the kitchen of the Crescent Heights United Methodist Church and make a few dozen meals, jump in their cars, and race around Los Angeles to make sure the food was delivered with a smile, a hug, and a kind word. Now, 30 years later, we are sending food to people living with HIV, people with heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, kidney failure, and they are the ones most prone to get the coronavirus. Project Angel Food has continued our operations uninterrupted since the pandemic began. And we are very proud that not one single person has missed a delivery. I truly believe we were born for this moment. We want to go ahead and welcome Richard Ayub, the executive director of Project Angel Food. Welcome, Richard. How are Hi, you? Hi, Calypso. It's so great to be here. Happy Pride, everyone. Yes, happy Pride to you. Um, thank you for joining us. I know you've had a really, really busy day today. And, you know, congratulations on Project Angel Food delivering over, uh, oh my goodness, this amount is huge, 14,000 meals today. Was that million today? I think you missed a zero. It's 14 <laughs> million meals today. I was today. testing you, Richard. I was just making sure you were on top of it. Did I pass? Yes, I guess you so. did. That's such a great accomplishment. That you, wow, that is amazing. I, my hat's on to you guys. I And you're here talking to us. I mean, thank you so much. Please tell us, in you know, about Project Angel Food in your own words, because I know that you're the executive director of it. Great, thank you. So first of all, I want to thank you for inviting us to be here. And I want you to know that today was a very, very special day because um, you don't just do 14 million meals every day. And 14 million meals is not through a robot or through machines, it's through people power. It's human beings packing the meals and infusing the love in those meals. So we've done that 14 million times wow. as of noon today, June 3rd, 2021. That's very special. And our founder, Marianne Williamson was here. Rufus Wainwright sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Polly Perrette was here giving our recipient of the meal some nice goodies from Project Angel Food and Sandra Lee carried the meal. And so what I want to tell you, and this is the story of Project Angel Food. Uh, the gentleman who received the meal came to us in 1994. He had HIV and he had been in a coma. He came out of the coma. He had nowhere to turn. His boyfriend had just broken up with him and he was alone. He called Project Angel Food and we were there for him. Then after about 10 years, he called and said, you know what? You all have done a great job with me. I'm feeling better. Give this service to someone else. Wow. Then in 2015, he called again and he said, I need help again. 
and he's been with us since. Project Angel Food has this motto, for life, for love, for as long as it takes. For this client, Richard E., we have been there for as long as it takes. We were born in response to the AIDS crisis in 1989. Here we are 32 years later, still serving people medically tailored meals uh, for people with HIV, heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, kidney failure, and all forms of cancer. That's what Project Angel Food does. Our founder, Marianne Williamson says, we don't just bring food, we bring love to our clients. That is beautiful. You're saying that's so passionate. It's so beautiful. Um, give us a little bit about your background and your connections and how also, you know, you working in the work in the entertainment also as well with Project Angel Food. Well, my background is TV production, oh. being a TV producer. Okay. So you're thinking, how in the world can a TV producer become an executive director? So I actually went from executive producer to executive director. But there are a lot of similarities. When you're producing, you're juggling a thousand things at a time. When you're the executive director of Project Angel Food, one minute you're talking to a client, the next minute you're talking to a donor, the next minute you're talking to someone on the staff, then you're talking to a volunteer, and then you're talking to a board member. You have so many things you're juggling at one time and you need to be skillful at that and be able to switch gears. The most important transferable skill that I have from TV production is storytelling. That's the core of what we do. All I do all day, every day is tell stories. And you want the stories to really impact the listener. You want the stories to make them think of someone they might know and think, how can I be involved? That's beautiful. You, you have big shoes to fill. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> oh, I wanna talk to us about uh, like the celebrity supporters that you have. Absolutely. So Project Angel Food has always been blessed with celebrities. When we first started, Elizabeth Taylor, Bette Midler, they were always here for us. Then through the years, Judith Light and Sharon Stone and Whoopi Goldberg. And recently we've had Prince Harry and Meghan wow. come join our team. And we've had just Jamie Lee Curtis. We've had some of the biggest stars in Hollywood who care about other human beings and wanna use their fame for good. And we are very blessed that they pick us because we have a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of organizations you can give to, a lot of organizations competing for your attention. Mm -hmm. And so when the celebrity says, we want to bring the spotlight to you, we say, bring it on. <laughs> I love that, I love that. So I understand that you guys have a telethon coming up. Is that correct? Please yes. tell us a little bit about that. So last year, we couldn't do our annual gala, which we do in our parking lot. It's incredible. We turned this parking lot into this beautiful outdoor ballroom. But because of COVID, we canceled it. This year, it was too close to the reopening of the economy in Los Angeles. 
we decided we would cancel it again this year, but we had to replace it with something. So we created this old school telethon with new school technology. Mm. So Calypso, you're way too young no. to remember the Jerry Lewis telethon. I do remember this. I do remember this. And it used to be my favorite thing for Labor Day. And so I said, I want to bring some of those elements. And at the same time, I want to bring in the technology of Skype and Zoom. Mm -hmm. And so we had a phone bank, but it wasn't in studio. It was through Zoom, a Zoom phone bank with celebrities. And we did Skype calls, everything else. This year, we're going to do our second annual Lead with Love telethon, July 17th on KTLA Channel 5, two hours, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Our goal is $1 million. Wow. And we're going to have celebrities in studio. We're going to have performances. I can tell you already, Gloria Estefan has agreed to perform. And Vanessa Williams has already agreed to perform as well. Wow. I'm already, I already want to go. <laughs> um, I would like to <laughs> sign, can you sign us up? Because we'd love, if you need any help, you let us know. <laughs> this is amazing. Absolutely. Uh, and where can we go for, for, uh, to help for Project Angel Food? Give us uh, information on the website, social media. So Project Angel Food is on all media platforms. And we're always at Project Angel Food, except Twitter, which made us make our name a little smaller. Oh. So we're at Proj Angel Food, P-R-O-J Angel Food on Twitter. And anyone who wants to donate, $5 pays for a meal. $5 pays for a medically tailored meal for someone who's sick at home and alone. And that goes a long way. Angelfood.org slash donate. Angelfood.org slash donate. All right. So make sure you guys head on over there. And, and again, when is the telethon? When is the telethon again? It's July 17th, Saturday night at 7 p.m. on KTLA. If you have Roku, it also streams on Roku. Okay. And so you can see it wherever you're at. And it's going to be very entertaining. It's going to be very rewarding. And we're very excited because Los Angeles has never let us down. This organization has been around for 32 years. We've had ups and downs, but the community has always come through for us when we said we need your help. And I can tell you that in the last year, we've increased the amount of people we serve by 38%. We went from serving 1,500 people a day to 2,300 people a day. That is amazing. That's just incredible. And for the first time ever, we cooked, prepared, and delivered 1 million meals in 2020. Mm -hmm. You know how many we usually do, Calypso? Yeah, I'd like, uh, yeah, I'm curious. 650,000. We had to work faster and smarter and do more because the pandemic required it. Yeah. And, you know, since we were born during a pandemic, which was the AIDS crisis, mm -hmm. and now we're living through another one, we truly feel like we were born for this moment. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Any last words you want to give to our audience, our listeners? What, what I'd like to tell people is thank you for watching this show. 
thank you for caring about your community. And, you know, we can do it in many ways. You can make a donation, you can volunteer, or you can share on social media. Any one of those three ways helps us, helps, you know, the Valley Cultural Foundation, helps anyone who's involved. I, I know the Gay Men's Chorus were on earlier. You know, if you care about someone, help amplify their message. Make sure others hear about it. Do some, you know, word of mouth, because that's a very powerful way to help these organizations grow. That's very true. Thank you so much, Richard. You have a wonderful day. And then uh, coming back from commercials, we're going to have emerging artist, songwriter, singer, Abby Posner after this. Joe Andrews here, Pinnacle State Properties. My wife, Katie, and I want to take a moment to say thank you very much for all your support throughout the years. And you know what? We have, over the years, have been supporting the Valley Cultural Foundation. The Valley Cultural Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit that brings the community together. Whether it be arts, music, there's nothing like the Valley Cultural Foundation. So give them a call, find out what it is they do, and be part of it. In the meantime, if you're thinking about buying and selling real estate, give Joe and Katie Andrews a call, and you can reach us at joeandkatieandrews.com. Proud to be part of the Pinnacle State family. So thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Hanga is open with over 200 retailers ready to serve you. Westfield Reward members can earn 2.5% cash back when you shop at any Westfield Topanga and the Village Store or Restaurant and up to 750 cash back when shopping luxury. So sign up today and get exclusive access to events, gift with purchases, and more. Visit westfield.com slash Topanga or text 818-306-5956 to learn more. After a year of keeping seniors safe during COVID-19, the Los Angeles Jewish Home is now delighted to welcome back new residents as well as participants to their community-based services. To learn more, visit lajh.org. The Shumash people have stood proud along the California coast for thousands of years. Today, we stand for education. With our tribal youth high school graduation rate at 100%, we stand for giving. As contributors of more than $25 million to the community, we stand for the environment, diverting 90% of our waste stream from landfills. And we stand for wellness, serving 3,000 patients from our health clinic. We are the Santa Inez Band of Shumash Indians, standing proud with the Valley Cultural Foundation. And welcome back to the show. I hope that you are enjoying yourselves. We are celebrating Pride Month and we are with our last guest joining us. We have emerging artist, singer, songwriter, Abby Posner. Welcome to the show. Come on in. Hey, Calypso. Can you hear me okay? Yes. And it's, and you just had to say hey and it sounded you were like, hey. <laughs> hey. You're already happy singing. Pride. I swear, I need to have you in an app or something so you can wake me up. <laughs> oh, you are so divine. I love it. Um, you are such a, a breath of fresh air. We can't wait to talk to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you know you had the passion for singing and songwriting? Tell us, the floor is yours. Yeah, so um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, this has been so wonderful. I'm so impressed with all the guests so far. Um, Angel, angel food. Project right? angel food. They're, yes. Oh, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? 
<laughs> we gotta step it up, wow. Abby. Well, well, I just fed millions of people. I'm like, oh, I wrote a song. Um, so <laughs> I just put so my I'm outfit Abby together Thompson. today, Abby. You know, you're yeah. Fine. I, I got dressed. I put on pants. Um, that's what I did. Uh, I went to Whole Foods and got a smoothie. Um, yeah, I'm Abby. I've been making music for gosh since I was since I was a little kid. Um, I came out to California from Colorado to study music at Cal Arts, and um, <clears throat> it's been kind of an ongoing journey since I've been doing music full time in the city uh, since 2006, and teaching and touring and writing for film and TV and scoring movies and just juggling. Um, I'm a songwriter and I, I play live with my band, Abby and the Myth, which is an Americana folk band. And um, yeah, pretty much everything music all the time. <laughs> my goodness, that's amazing. And and what is, okay, so what is your process when you are actually creating your music? I mean, I see that you have, is that your studio behind? I mean, yeah, just, this okay. is my studio. Yeah, I, I actually uh, live underneath this. Um, well, this my recording studio is underneath this beautiful old house. That's you can actually probably hear my neighbors uh -huh. uh, in Santa Monica. And um, I've got my drum set back there. I've got my bass and guitars and banjo and mandolin. You can't see this wall over here, but it's covered with instruments. So, okay. yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about because you said you've been doing I read somewhere where you've been doing do music for about 16 years. Uh, what is like the training influences and the, the background behind all that? I mean, how did it be born? Yeah. Know? So, um, like I said, I went to Cal Arts and I studied multi instrumentation at, there and it was mostly composition, guitar, world percussion, jazz, um, music theory. It was it was kind of a multi focus program. And so that was my that was my training. Um, and then I went on to, like I said, to teach and tour. Um, but the the training that I had at CalArts was amazing because it was a little bit of world music and a little bit of structured classical theory. Um, and yeah, it was just an amazing experience. I met so many wonderful people at CalArts. I love that. So what what makes you unique as an artist? What makes you Abby? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm a multi-instrumentalist, so I play drums, I play bass, banjo, mandolin, percussion, ukulele. Um, I, what am I, I when doing I'm making with my life? <laughs> I'm not feeding a million people. That's that's one thing, and I You're wish right. I was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I record when I make a record. I I love to play everything on it and produce everything. So. I'm also a producer in the studio and an engineer. So I like to kind of put all those tools into play on my albums. And then when I play live, I like to switch up the the different instruments that I play. So I think that's what makes me unique. That's awesome. Um, so you identify yourself as a queer rather than lesbian. And can you explain that? <laughs> I, like I know queer. you're a little open, but <laughs> give us elaborate I, on that a little bit. I love just, I'm a queer. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I like I like queer. I don't know about a queer, but I like that better now. <laughs> oh, Abby. <laughs> yeah. So queer. Uh, I, we actually talked about this because we we we're now buddies. You and I. Yeah, we, we go we way cool back like to that. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, totally. Little knuckle, little knuckles there. 
Um, but queer is is for a lot of older people or in okay. the LGBT. No, no, I'm saying like a lot of older people don't like that word because okay. it, you know, for them, it makes them think of the slang word like, oh, you're so queer as in you're so dumb. A lot of people back in the day, my parents' day, would use the word in a bad way. Uh -huh. And I think that my generation took it back and made mm -hmm. it more of a power word. Okay. And so queer, I like to think of queer as an umbrella for um, for all of this kind of pansexuality, fluidity, gay, straight, or, or gay, bi, kind of an umbrella, uh -huh. yeah. Okay. Not so much the straight. The, you can you can also say you're queer, I guess, if you're straight, but it wouldn't really be true. <laughs> I don't know why I included that, but you know, it's this umbrella for the LGBTQ okay. folks. Um, yeah. Have you actually found it difficult to be accepted as you know queer artists? Have you found it hard or? Um, I don't think that it's necessarily like difficult to be accepted. I've definitely had to go through a lot of different loops and hurdles. Um, and I think I have to work extra hard okay. as a queer artist in the industry, but I don't know that it's been so much. Um, I don't think that it's been like the, the thing that has held me back. I think that it's just people are slowly starting to accept uh, queer people and people of color and, you know, like a wide variety of um, you know, a more diverse. I feel like we're we're entering into a more diverse industry, and um, so I think that there's more of an acceptance than there was when I first started. And it was it there were challenges for okay. sure. So, do, Abby, does your music reflect that? That's a good question too. Um, you know, my my music is about a lot of different things but but primarily it is about this kind of inner journey and like putting the puzzle pieces together if i have something that i'm sorting through in my personal life uh music has always been like a resolution to maybe a bumpy road and it's been kind of an answer to a puzzle so i think that a lot of lgbtq people can hopefully relate to my lyrics and make it their own um, through the stories that I tell about internal struggle and through because um, it's it's I think my music is people music. Okay. I don't know that it's just leaning toward gay people. You know, I yeah. think that it's it's hopefully people can relate to it on a human level. I do know that you are going to do a live performance for us, which I'm actually really yeah. excited. Um, do you know what song you're going to perform for us? And um, tell us a little bit about I it. I have no song. idea. Oh, so you still don't know what you're going to sing for us. Well, you no, better no, come I, up with the facts. Well, Calypso, we were talking yesterday and I, I was saying I really like to not know the questions and I like uh -huh. to not know what I'm doing because I like to build off the conversation. But yeah, I, I think I have an idea of what okay. song I'll do. So this is a new one, and I'm going to turn on some reverb. Okay. That's a looks like a very heavy guitar. Oh, I yeah, it's it's kind of heavy. <laughs> so this is a song called "Emergency Use Only." It's going to be on um, my new album, hopefully coming out in the fall. Okay.
just call to stay awake on these dark and windy roads. Not off with a blink. These days, life feels like a chore. Pulled out to the deepest sea. Now I cannot find the shore. So take it out on me. All the stories in your head, you don't have to believe. And time may slip on by It doesn't matter what you know It's about how hard you try So take it all out Take it all out on me Yeah, take it all out Take it all out on me I just called to say goodbye It didn't go our way at all So rewrote every line yeah, I know life can bring you down Ooh, Sending out an SOS We can turn this thing around So take it all on me You project the stories And I'll be the screen on how hard you try so take it all out take it all out on me and take it all out take it all out on me Take it all out, take it all out on me. You project the stories, I'll be the screen. Take it all out, take it all out on me. Don't let it slip on by, take it all out on me. And I'll be your screen, take it all out on me. Take it all out on me. Wow. Thank you so much, Abby. That was great. That was so beautiful. I could just imagine myself just driving with like the the top, what do you call it, the top down and just the mountain areas, the wind blowing in my hair. I could just imagine that out and just like all my frustrations. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's that's exactly what that song is for. (laughs) That's what I was envisioning. That's amazing. What do you love? What do you love most about what you do, Abby? Oh, my gosh, I I just love all of it. I, I specifically love being in the studio and playing everything like I love. I love this beautiful game of production where I'm able to hear an arrangement and then make it come to life. It's like, um, you know, it's it's like 
a painting. It's like creating a painting and um, music being the uh, colors that you get to kind of like create this this beautiful musical canvas with. So I love being in the studio. I love touring. Um, I love playing live. Like it's it's kind of I love all of it. You know, I love playing with my band. They're amazing. Um, it's a lot of energy. It's so fun. Uh, I've actually got a gig <clears throat> tomorrow that is an online. It's a virtual pride show, and um, I'm going to be playing with Kip and Martin and Tret Fury, and we are uh, on at 5 p.m. tomorrow. You can still get tickets uh, at my website. Yeah. All right. What's what's your website? Oh, it's just abbyposner.com. I was going to have a sign and then I forgot it. <laughs> That's fine, Abby. <laughs> so let's imagine that it's right here, abbyposner.com. <laughs> uh, we're having such a great time, but we need actually need to go to commercial break. I uh, Will you stick with us and maybe possibly sing us another song? Yeah, yeah, for, right. sure, for sure. Okay, great. So she said yes. <laughs> Coming back after this, okay? uses a lot of technology, but the real magic is the people. Jerry, I think it's time for a dance move. I have great friends that work here. We laugh, we joke, but we also get our job done. We support each other, and we just rock it out. <laughs> There's so many people coming together to create one goal. Everybody always wants to make sure you're safe and having fun. Work friends turn into work family. <laughs> And welcome back to the show. We still have our emerging artist, Abby Posner. And she actually, oh, you, you can hear us now, right? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Okay. So we, I know that, you know, you have an, a virtual, it's a virtual event for tomorrow, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, when are you actually, do you have any plans on going back on the road, like live in the future? Yeah, so I've been playing live in LA a few times. Actually, I played at the Mint recently. They have outdoor shows. I played at um, 77 Lounge and my band is so excited to be playing back at our, our home uh, base venue called Hotel Cafe. And that's I've heard in of this Hollywood. place. This is like, oh my God, oh, it's beautiful. It's I amazing. I have to I yeah it's it's an amazing venue and it's it's mostly for you know singer songwriters and folk folk artists um and so we're gonna be there august 7th okay i'm writing that down <laughs> yeah well we'll get you in we'll get can you, you in, get girl. us tickets can you really yeah no i'll comp you for sure yeah oh my god sure. she said so we have it on tape so we're going i'm already picking out my outfit because that's all i know how to do <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, this is what I'm wearing. So. <laughs> I know when to spot you. So, Abby, um, I do know that you are a new mom. I wanted to bring that up. So uh, how is that for you? Yeah. So it's so funny. That's another thing that, like, I think is so important for LGBTQ yes. people to to know is that, like, families can look different. And, like, mom to me, it was really interesting. My partner was like, Oh, do you, what do you want the baby to call you? Cause I don't really identify as like a mom. <laughs> you look like um, you're young, like you're like a young mom. Like you don't have oh, a Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm actually 37. Thank you. Go on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like you, thank you, you, you are well rested. You don't look like a new mom. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, so this is, this is the cool situation with like, well, first of all, with fertility and modern fertility and science and queerness and like the evolving LGBTQ community that decides to be parents and families that decide to, you know, 
uh, be different. And so my my partner was actually in the fertility process before we met. And she was like, hey, I'm definitely going to be a mom. I just want you to know that this is years ago. Uh-huh. So I knew it was coming and I've always been like a little ambivalent about kids. Like I knew I wanted to be a parent, but I didn't really know how that was going to look and how I was going to balance that out with my music. Mm -hmm. And we're in a currently our situation is really different um, because I am, you know, like this is this has been something she's wanted. So I'm kind of stepping in as a part time. uh, I call myself Ba. (laughs) (laughs) instead of mom I changed I changed uh, I made my own little kind of name up for parents so I'm her ba and I kind of step in a few days a week and I get to be here and make music the other time and it's working for now and things change and evolve and I want everyone to know that you can do family different it doesn't have to be by the textbook it doesn't have to be you move in you get married you have a baby and it's a man and a woman like families look different and Mm -hmm. the more different they are uh they should be celebrated that's awesome yeah you're right there's definitely no book into it because i still don't know what i'm doing after 25 years with my child you know (laughs) wait till they you know what i do i can tell you this those terrible twos though you gotta watch out for those terrible twos i'm kind of excited about that because i'm not like i tell my partner's probably tired of hearing this i love Clement, her name's Clementine. I love her, but I've never been a baby person. I've never been like a newborn, like, oh my God, I have to hold the baby person. I've always been someone that's, I love toddlers. I love like two to like 18. I've worked with kids. I've taught all ages. I love teenagers. I think they're so, so silly and Uh um, goofy and ridiculous. And I love them. And I love toddlers too. So I'm kind of more excited about the like interaction there. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I love that. But yeah, it's uh it's a journey and it's and it's um really special. Well, congratulations to that, Abby. That's amazing. Thank you. Um Thank so you. are you going to sing us another song? Possibly. Sure. Well, th- see, this is how the conversation works. I love it because <laughs> I was going to play a different song and now since we're talking about being a parent, okay. I'm going to play this song. <clears throat> Because my, you know, my partner's always wanted to be a mother. And, you know, I I wanted to write a song years ago about what I thought it could be like. This Uh is obviously before Clementine came into our lives. And um, it's called Fall Apart. Oh. Gotta have the reverb. Yeah. Can you hear it okay? I can hear it fine.
fall apart in the best way. Okay, now I think Thank that you. for Clementine, when she's 16 years old and she has her sweet 16 party, if she gets one, you have to sing her that and like a video footage of like when she was born to like now. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful idea. That's a beautiful, like a little montage yeah. of, of her. Oh, that's beautiful. I can yeah. totally picture that. Okay, if you, ever that's need, great. if you ever need a host, let me know. If you need an MC host, I'll, I got you. I got you. I got you. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's so beautiful. I mean, it's it's it definitely changes you. And this is what you thinking how you thought it was before children. Oh, yeah. This is before she even came into the picture, because I was thinking about this, you know, on and off for my entire life. Like, do I want to be a parent? Do I not? One yeah. year I would really want to be a parent. Then the next year I'd really not want to be a parent. I definitely am very clear that I don't want to carry, um, yeah. which is unfortunate because it's so beautiful when when queer couples can actually carry each other's eggs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wish I did want to carry, but it's very much a clear like I'm usually down to try something i'm yeah. a very open person but this is just a very clear thing for me <laughs> like it's not happening <laughs> not happen nope this womb is closed <laughs> <laughs> like how they say with us this factory is closed <laughs> so now, you, now yeah. you have to write a song for clementine on how it is now with having children <laughs> Yeah, we started to, my, my partner likes to help me with my lyrics because she's, uh, she's a writer. She's a writer for oh, TV. That's awesome. So, okay. yeah. So I played her some ideas and we kind mm -hmm. of, we like to sing together sometimes and it's really sweet. Yeah. Is there ever a day when you're just like, you know what? The writing today, it's not happening. What do you do? What do you do when you're oh, me, yeah. across from that? Like, what do you do? Yeah, there are lots of days like that. Um, I think it's really important for artists to have a balance of um, like mental health self-care days where mm -hmm. you go and you take a long hike or you like for me, it's riding my bike. That's where I get kind of I cook up inspiration on my bike. Uh -huh. um, you know, my mindfulness, meditation, switch it up. It doesn't have to be this thing that you're like white knuckling through. I have to write a song. I have to write a song or like I have to paint this painting because uh -huh. I think that the world is like too big for that to like stress over that. So switch it up. Go. You know, I, I, I teach um, 
music and I tell my students, go outside, take a walk. You're not feeling inspired, you know, change it up a bit. That's good. Is there any uh, artists that inspired you throughout when you're doing your music? Who? Name a few. Oh, yeah. Tons. Um, there's a, <clears throat> one of my favorite musicians. His name is Andrew Bird. Um, he's incredible and uh, just a genius. And Chris Thiele is also an absolutely brilliant genius of a songwriter and arranger. I look up to them. Um, you know, oh, as a feat for a female, uh, Laura Veers is one of my favorite songwriters. She's incredible. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anyone that you would love to collaborate with if that ever were uh, an opportunity? Down, Andrew Bird. Who? Yeah, Andrew Bird. Oh, really? Why Andrew is that? Yeah. Really? Why? Um, because I just think that he's probably one of my favorite songwriters. He's a multi-instrumentalist like myself. He's got arrangement ideas that are so magical and so rich and um, exploratory. I feel like him. I, Andrew, if you're listening on into this podcast right now, let's make some music. Ooh, like, let's do it. Something's I think we would make stirring. it good. Something's yeah, happening. we'd make a good match. I'm sure he's tuning in right now. Or if not, we'll send him the link, okay? <laughs> After yeah, it's right here. Abbyposner.com. Right here. Yeah, you Just see it? Abby, that. Oh, no, this is <laughs> Right there. Arts on the Blue yeah, podcast. trailing by in your imaginary <laughs> um, So anything else coming up? Okay, I was reading also that you, you've you been doing like TV as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Are you, you are acting as well? Yeah, I've been, I've been, like writing music for TV. So okay. I, I do what what's called sync, uh, S-Y-N-C, where you're making, you're kind of writing music for a show or for a brief of a oh. music supervisor that works That's on a show. Pretty cool. Um, so I've been doing that and um, writing for music libraries. So then it gets placed in commercials and different like, you know, TV shows around the US and around the world. And I've also been scoring for films. I, I've been in TV shows playing music before as well, so if, if that's maybe what you read. Yeah, that's know. yeah. I was actually going to say, can I? Is there a show that you were on that we might have that we might know that's familiar? Or yeah, uh, you might know of a show. I, it's a little show, independent show called Glee. Oh, on Fox. That independent. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I was on I was on Glee a couple episodes a long time ago. That's cool. And uh, playing guitar and banjo, and then I was also um, on the a, a show called Famous in Love, okay. which is like a, I, I'm trying to remember. Maybe it's on Hulu. Okay. Um, what else? Oh, I was on a, ba a Bank of America commercial for Ken Burns documentary. That, that is was, so uh, cool. Okay, and then you're sitting here, and what am I doing with my life, right? <laughs> Hey, there's a lot of hills to climb still, man. <laughs> we got a lot of people to feed. <laughs> I love it. Is a lot there of any... hills to climb. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to say to us um, before we wrap up? Oh, I up? just want to say thank you. And if you are listening and you like what you hear, um, the, the other two artists that are performing tomorrow night are phenomenal. And it's going to be such a wonderful celebration. I know people are getting zoom like hangovers and they're not like doing a lot of zoom concerts anymore. Okay. But this one's going to be extra special. And it is, again, you go to abbyposner.com, click on shows Abby or Posner. go to Baker booking. That's my booking agency. Okay. Um, and booking <clears throat> it, it's on their page. Um, okay. and it's the pride celebration concert. 
um, tomorrow night at 5 p.m. That's awesome. Well, happy Pride to you, Abby. We enjoyed having you. you with us. Thanks, Calypso. You're welcome. We want to have you on next time live here with us and you perform live. Yeah, let's live. do it. I'll come I in. I think we, sure. and I just told, I just gave Nora the wink, wink that we need to get you on over here next time. Definitely. Well, Thank when you. I release my album, I will hit you guys up and then we'll do um, a, like a live concert there. That'd be awesome. Oh, you got it. I promise you it's going to happen. We're going to have abbyposner.com right here. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thank yes, you right so here, right much. Got to come back to us. Okay. Definitely.